Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 454th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is Tom Brady becoming the first quarterback in NFL history to pass for 600 touchdowns in the Bucks 38-3 dismantling of the Chicago Bears, where he threw four touchdowns yesterday. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of chatter about Brady. Uh, some people are thinking it's the best he's ever played. Just nothing short of incredible at age 44. And having had the pleasure of watching him here in New England uh, as a season ticket holder for the past 20 years, uh, I have to say he's looking as good as I can ever recall. Or certainly since 2007 when he had Randy Moss and. So it makes me feel like the reason he's having such a good season, maybe his greatest season, is that he has just superior weapons. Um, you know, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, who had three touchdown receptions yesterday, uh, Antonio Brown when he's on the field, Rob Gronkowski when he's on the field, Cameron Brait at tight end, uh and also O.J. Howard, so it's just a uh, an amazing amount of weapons, not to mention Leonard Fournette, really having a solid season as a, at the running back position and receiving out of the backfield, therefore setting Brady up, a good running game. Nothing helps with a passing game like a good running game, and Fournette so far is supplying that. So it is, uh, it's really been special to watch, to say the least. And uh, yesterday there was a nice moment as he was uh, went up to a kid who had a sign that said, Tom Brady helped me beat cancer. And Brady shook his hand, gave him his hat. And it was just really uh, a terrific moment. Part of all the things that happened yesterday that were terrific. Another unique thing was when after Mike Evans got one of his touchdown passes, uh, he didn't realize it was number 600 and he just gave it to a fan in the stand. So before you know it, Bucks personnel were over negotiating to get the ball back uh, when they realized the historic nature of number 600. Again, first ever quarterback to throw or player, whatever, 
to throw for 600 touchdowns during his career. So pretty big milestone, I'd say. And uh, just one of many. Uh, the last few years, Brady was here in New England. Uh, every time we'd get ready to go to a game uh, on Sunday, I'd just say, time to go. Watch Tom Brady and Bill Belichick set some new records. That's what it became in the final couple of years, and it's still going on, uh, but down in Tampa. And uh, so, again, just a, a terrific, uh, terrific game by Brady, and the Bucks are just must-see TV. Luckily, uh, the networks are recognizing it, and we're get, getting a lot of Bucks coverage up here, which is awesome, uh, and throughout the country, I'm sure. Uh, other highlights of the week yesterday were in the NFL, the Patriots, speaking of the Patriots, finally uh, – put together an offensive show beating the Jets uh, 54 to 13, uh, which they make a habit of. So they've now beat them twice this year. It may seem insignificant at the moment, but, you know, uh, Patriots at three and four are not as far out of it as you might expect, be it wild card hunt or whatever. And, uh, and two division wins, always Belichick's top goal, win your games in the division when your division games and uh, the Patriots so far, uh, you know, are doing that. They lost the dolphins in the opener and boy, that really looks bad about now. The dolphins haven't won a game since one and five. I was at that game. The Patriots should have won it period. Just all there is to it. Uh, the, I think the season would look a whole lot different had they won that opener. But finally, yesterday was the first win at home. Other notable games, the Cincinnati Bengals went into Baltimore and just pounded on the Ravens, 41-17. to 17. We're not used to seeing that. Uh, at some point, you have to say the Bengals are for real. And I think yesterday was that point. Um, Joe Burrow looks like he did at LSU. He certainly did yesterday. And uh, watch out for them Bengals uh, in the AFC North, to say the least. And... The Titans, the Tennessee Titans just smoked Kansas City 27 to 3. It was like they had that lead basically by halftime, it seemed, and they just sat on it and just completely dominated it. And boy, it's now worth asking what is going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. They've been in the Super Bowl the last couple of years, won one, lost one. And uh, they're off, their defense, never great, is. Less than great this year, and the offense, but it's all about the offense. It's all about Patrick Mahomes, and they just don't look like the Kansas City offense we've been watching for the last few years. So they got some work to do out there, and the Titans have now beaten the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs back-to-back at home. So we'll see. Uh, so suddenly they're uh, atop the AFC North along with uh, you know a bunch of other teams at 5-1. and one. Well, my low light of the week is the Red Sox bowing out meekly in the ALCS. Just amazing to watch. They they going they, they went from the hottest hitting team almost in postseason history, three grand slams. That's a record. Uh, to becoming the coldest hitting team practically in major league postseason history and, and it literally occurred overnight um 
it, it was just stunning to see. I think the turning point was uh, game four, where they had the 2-1 lead. It felt like they were going to just win it 2-1, the way it had been going, and Altuve hit a homer to tie it in the top of the eighth. And we all know what happened at the top of the night. They scored another six, seven runs. And then game five, which I attended at Fenway Park last Wednesday, uh, they just dominated them. And then went into Houston. And, of course, uh, of course, they won that. I think the Red Sox only had two hits in that game. So the bats went silent after they were booming. Uh from the Yankee game, playoff game, the wild card game, to beating the Tampa Bay Rays, to the first couple of games against the Astros. They lost game one, then won games two and three with grand slams, uh, highlighting those wins, and then boom, it just ended and it ended. In my mind, the turning point was Altuve tying at 2-2 in the eighth in game four. And it all changed right then and there, and that was that. Uh, finally, my bizarre story of the week is sticking with uh, baseball. Is seeing the Atlanta Braves finally slaying the dragon and beating the Dodgers uh, on Saturday night uh, to go to the uh, World Series. So it's all set up now, A's, uh, Astros, and Atlanta Braves uh, meeting in the World Series starting tomorrow night. Uh, but all credit to the Braves. They lost last year a 3-1 lead and uh, to the Dodgers. And the Dodgers were coming back uh, in that series. And then the Braves just shut them down on uh, Saturday night and, uh, and put the game away. So it was really impressive to see. Um, and Rosario for the Braves, MVP of the series, was just incredible. His hitting was just uh, off the charts, and it was really, uh, you know, so it's interesting to see, you know, two, uh, two new teams in the World Series, no longer the Dodgers, who seem like they've been a pretty dominant team with a dominant lineup, but they had a lot of injuries. Hard to believe that the Atlanta Braves First World Series since 1999, and uh, we all remember that the Braves routinely uh, were in the postseason and went on to World Series uh, numerous times in the 90s. They were just, uh, it was a staple, that that great pitching staff of uh, John Smoltz, who's a very good announcer these days on these games, as well as... uh, as well as uh, Tommy Glavin from up here in Massachusetts, and so yeah, should be should be good to see uh, Atlanta versus the Astros. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, AP Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And we'll get into some college football from this past weekend. Fascinating as always. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A Braveheart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Bravehearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, thank you, as always, for joining us. And uh, it sounds like you had a pretty special weekend. Uh, I'd love to have you tell our listeners all about it. Yeah, John, I really did. I traveled up to South Bend, Indiana, for the USC-Notre Dame uh, intersessional rivalry that's been nationally famous for, this was, this was the 97th time, I believe, you know, they wow. probably didn't play three games during the World War II, but right. 97 times, uh, so that's, that's, that's tradition. <laughs> that is and, tradition. Uh, although, yeah, and then although that USC is struggling, 
at the moment, and they have an interim coach. They played very hard and competitive, but they made some errors in the red zone and were not able to put touchdowns on the board. Missed a field goal, I believe, and Notre Dame came out victorious 31-16. to When you watch Notre Dame, John, they have very good players. They right. have very good players. Oh, the tight end mayor is outstanding, excellent quarterback is, is accurate with his throws. The transfer was from Wisconsin, uh, originally from New York. But you don't have anybody you fear. But they can beat you because normally they have a good offensive line to pound away at you. Good running back. Williams had a nice ball game. And uh, All-American safety Kyle Hamilton was injured early in the game, didn't return. But I really enjoyed the entire experience of walking around Notre Dame and seeing the grotto, the basilia, the touchdown Jesus, um, and the the fans were, were great. We, we ate at the Morris Inn, had a buffet there. It was fabulous. Nice. Uh, prime rib and some other things. And it was a gorgeous day. It was overcast and as we arrived uh, around 12 or 12.30. But the sun, sunshine came out and it was maybe 40 degrees by the end of the ball game. And the wind was not so severe. But everybody was very hospitable. They had an outstanding press box. Beautiful view on the east side. They had the windows open at the top. So you had some of the elements slightly. But everybody was great and gracious. And um, I look forward to my next visit to the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> well, that sounds great, AP. That's just, you know, that's at the top of the pyramid with uh, great rivalries in college football history. And you said the key word, AP, it's intersectional. And intersectional really, for I think all of us, just means, uh, you know, in this case, California versus the Midwest. And, you know, it, it instantly conjures up images of, you know, predecessors of each year of like the Rose Bowl. And whether it's Notre Dame or out in the Coliseum, they've just played absolutely legendary games, to put it mildly. Um, I can remember easily being back in college. We had a, a community dorm uh, room uh, where we, with a television. We're going back in the day here. And I remember Anthony Davis returning all those kicks one, one Saturday against Notre Dame. And uh, it's just, I'll never forget it. Um, you know, a bunch of us college students, you, you know, but we all assembled. I mean, it was, it, so that's the point. That's the point I'm making. It's that type of a game where uh, college students, you know, back in the day were assembling in the basement of the dorm and the, where the TV was, the one TV in the entire dorm to watch, you know, and, <laughs> you know, on whatever, 27-inch or whatever, watching Notre Dame Southern Cow. Uh, you know, it just must Absolutely, see TV. Yeah. And it still is. Yes, 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 it still is. It's still a good ball game to attend and, I look forward to the chance I can go out to the University of Southern California. They've always been great hosts, and I've been on the campus as well. But uh, this is one that I can scratch off, and I'll highly recommend it to anybody who loves the game of college football. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's just fabulous. Uh, I had the pleasure of going out to Notre Dame. Uh, Speaking of college, back in college where St. Francis College at the time, now university, where I where I matriculated, 
uh, was the first team to play Notre Dame after UCLA, after Notre Dame broke UCLA. Uh, and Bill Walton's famous winning streak stopped it at 88 games. And who who comes up next but St. Francis in South Bend. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we were in college, and we just woke up and said, let's drive to Indiana. And we did. Um, <laughs> that's what college kids do, right, AP? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And the smart ones. Was, yeah, so just <laughs> exactly. And it was great. So a carload of us drove out. Uh, I'm guessing it was, you know, it was from Western Pennsylvania, so something that feels like 10 hours, who knows. Um, But we did all the things you just talked about, which is what conjures up this memory for me. Uh, Went to the grotto, touched down Jesus, walked all around the football stadium. Obviously, it was, you know, January, February, whatever. Uh, So there was, you know, not a football game. Uh, but we certainly went around the stadium. It was right out of Rudy, um, to say the least, on a non-game day. And uh, and then we went into the famous Athletic and Convocation Center. We're talking Digger Phelps, John Shoemate, Dwight Clay, who I saw play in high school from Fifth Avenue in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Fabulous team, um, to say the least. So it was really uh, yeah. An unforgettable day and night, to say the least. Uh, everybody should visit Notre Dame once in their life for one reason or another. Ever since then, I've been wanting to get back for a football game. But haven't gotten there yet, but I did get to see the campus like you, and glad you got to the game, AP. Oh, yeah. And Notre Dame, they have a chance to finish up strong, go to a New Year's Day Bowl, one of the six bowls. And who knows, John? You know, maybe... Maybe they can get in the playoffs because, if, you know, Cincinnati is a definitely a representative team. Correct. We all saw they played in the bowl game and, and at a, at a, a contested a, a game against a Georgia, the number one team. So I think that's in the back of people's minds, although they're looking at this year's team only. But I think subconsciously you have to visualize that Cincinnati is very capable of staying with people and winning the ball game. Absolutely, AP, and it's going to be fascinating to see how the college football playoff committee views them when they come out with their first uh, rankings here in the next week or so. And, you know, it's nice to see Cincinnati, you know, just sitting there in the various polls in the top four. Uh, The big question is, will the committee put them in the top four? That's the ranking that really matters. But, you know, just looking at yesterday's football writers poll, which is the first one I see every week that comes out on Sunday, You know, Alabama, I'm sure you were pleased to see they jumped, uh, leapfrogged Cincinnati from the previous week. So Alabama's number two, at least in the football writers poll. Of course, Georgia's number one. I think it was unanimous, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, and yeah, so Cincinnati had, you know, their hands full with Navy. No surprise. Um, And Oklahoma certainly had their hands full with Kansas, as in the Jaytalk. As in the Jayhawks. Uh, we're not talking right, Kansas right. State. We're talking Kansas. Not exactly the strongest football tradition. No. Especially compared with right. the spectacular basketball tradition. Uh, so, yeah. So, they both, uh, you know, felt that effect. But, anyway. We're, AP, we're accustomed to seeing Georgia and Alabama one and two. Typically, it's flip-flop. But this year, at the moment, it's Georgia. Yes. 
number one and Alabama number two. So, uh, so yeah, so that's good to see. Uh, again, we're we're used to that type of uh, uh, at the top of the ratings rankings for sure. Yes, yeah, in Georgia, they seem to be playing uh, managing success very well at this point. Yes, good point. So good way to phrase it, AP. That's one of the keys. Yeah. Yes. One of the keys. Getting to the mountaintop is one thing. Many people say, uh, you know, it's harder to stay there than it is to get there. And I agree with you 100%. Yes. Georgia has uh, beaten a couple teams that come in, you know, like Arkansas and uh, and someone else that was uh, kind of Kentucky, 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 yeah. So two teams in the SEC that were having, you know, really good seasons going. Uh, yes. You know, they hit a brick wall with Georgia. That's for sure. I mean, right. Georgia dominated both of those games. So it's it's you know pretty much all about the defense down there in Georgia. That's their calling card. And uh, so it's it's going to yes. be fun, AP. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it will be uh, quite a ball game. Alabama seems to me like a, a a lesser version of LSU in 2019. They mm-hmm. are superior offense. Defense is just good enough. Right. And I'm not equating their their offensive talent to LSU's team, but. Bryce Young is playing very well. 26 touchdowns, almost 2,500 yards, only three interceptions. He ran for two the other night besides throwing for two touchdowns. Um, he, couldn't, he couldn't lead him to an undefeated season like Joe Burrow, but they do score quite a bit of points with their offense and then their takeaways on defense. 52 against a Power 5 team. I think that's getting the job done. Absolutely, AP. No doubt about that. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, Bryce Young. He's everything he was cracked up to be, I'd say. I mean, you know, he hardly played it all last year. And obviously one of the top recruits in the country coming from California, correct? Modern day high school, legendary Catholic school in uh, Santa Ana, California, led by the legendary coach, Bruce Rollinson, former USC defensive back. Yeah, they're spectacular. And, John, how about this transfer-wide receiver from Ohio State, Jamison Williams out of St. Louis? One week in January, you're playing for Ohio State, competing against Alabama. The next year, you're on Alabama as one of the stars of the team. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you know, this transfer portal is really – it's changed everything about college football in my mind. Everything. Yes, you know, it, it's just commonplace now, AP. You know, when I tune into a game and maybe I'm watching a team that for the first time or whatever, and it just seems like the norm is that they always say, you know, they talk about the quarterback and then they just say a transfer from. And that's just the way it goes. So these quarterbacks, you know, they're all, quote, hot yeah. shots. And, uh, you know, they get to the campus and they don't win the starting job. And I think it's just right to the transfer portal. Like the Penn State backup quarterback, who's now the quarterback at Kentucky, uh, just as an right. example. Absolutely, Will Levis. Yeah, Will Levis. Will and John, Levis. I think that the transfer, that the transfer portal, has not only changed the configuration of the, of let's say a position, 
in part of your team, but it changes your entire team because the quarter can play, quarterback can play immediately. And we all know that if you don't have a quarterback or you want to be good, you must have a above-average quarterback. Exactly. No doubt about it. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, – well, case in point is JT Daniels is uh, yes. at Georgia from USC, but he, he was hurt, so now it's uh, – he's backing up. Is that correct? Or I don't know if he's right. – right. his Stetson, injury is yeah, he old Stetson or not. Bennett the fourth. I, yes, yeah, he's backing up Stetson Bennett the fourth at the moment. JT's not completely healthy, I don't think, but down the road, I mean – I suspect that if he's healthy, he's going to help him win a game, uh, make possibly a championship. Oh, no doubt about it, AP. Well, to just relate it as we head towards our break here, to relate it to something you understand so well, it it's, could turn out to be a bit of a Jalen Hurts and Tua type situation. Two excellent quarterbacks. Absolutely. In, injury plays a role, and here you go. Uh so that's going to be interesting to watch. But, yeah, so Georgia's – they're sitting pretty with two good quarterbacks um, and that defense. Uh, so, yeah, it just feels inevitable they're going to play Alabama, uh, you know, whether it's the SEC championship game or the national championship or perhaps the national semifinal. Um, but you can just almost feel already, AP, those two are going to be playing each other, period, somewhere along the line. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Wouldn't that be something, John, if there was a total reversal where they had that Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa situation, but only coming from Georgia in the SEC championship game as they face Alabama? Right. That would be uh, a ratings blockbuster, no doubt about that. For sure. Well, we we shall see AP, uh, but it's time, believe it or not. It always goes so quickly. It's time for our first break here, so why don't we do that and still a lot more to get to? On the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's the Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show where's america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i am your host john inglesby to join the show the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we, of course, spent the last segment talking about college football and you having attended the fabulous rivalry of USC at Notre Dame up in South Bend and glad you were able to uh, to make it to that and uh, another notable game um, was the Penn State lost to Illinois in nine, repeat, nine overtimes um, so AP, it was uh, a, a shocker to say the least, both the fact that Penn State lost to Illinois, as well as the fact it went nine overtimes, the longest in college football history. I think seven was the previous record uh, set, in a, set a couple of times. But AP, it was just, uh, you know, as someone who follows Penn State very closely, they were out of sync. No excuses. Uh, you could just see early on it was going to be a close game. Illinois was running the ball all over Penn State, and Sean Clifford, the quarterback, of Penn State, who was hurt in the Iowa game, but they had a bye week, so he had two weeks to recover. AP, he didn't look recovered to me. <laughs> he just was out of sync. The whole team was out of sync. And all credit to Illinois. They come into Penn State's home, Beaver Stadium, and uh, shocked the country, shocked the nation with that win, no doubt about it. And So, yeah, nine overtimes, though. That, that's clearly the storyline, to say the least. Yes, um, a team like Illinois, and you're playing them, you should be able to score more than, you know, 
nine overtimes, my goodness, eight, 18 points. I mean, that, that's horrendous for a team that recruits like Penn State to score that little. Absolutely, AP. Um, the amazing part of this game to me, you know, having like everyone else never witnessed a nine overtime game, you know, typically, you know, you're lucky if you get sort of one game every other week, we'll say. And, you know, it's similar to the Georgia, Alabama, excuse me, Florida, Alabama game of a few weeks back where, you know, you have that one play, whereas they literally come to the line of scrimmage. You're saying like, this is it. This is the game. And, you know, again, it may happen in all of college football, at least on national TV, what have you, or big name teams, you know, maybe once every other week. Uh, and it did happen in that Florida-Alabama game, and Alabama stopped him at the goal line, as we all remember, when the quarterback and the running back got confused. So watching this game, AP, the Penn State nine-overtime game, was like crazy, where you had that situation occur, like, whatever, a half a dozen times, <laughs> you know, if not more. Where, yeah. you know, yeah. one of the two teams came to the line, and basically, you know, you're like, oh, well, this is the game. So it was pretty cool in that regard. Right. You don't you don't get that very yeah. often, that's for sure. No, no, that's that was probably quite interesting to watch uh, in that situation, um, the two-point conversion attempts yes. nine times. I mean, that's the most in college history. I think I read that. It is, yes. Nine overtimes, overtimes, of course, after the second. I think, you know, as we know, overtime, you start at the 25, and you can either score a field goal or a touchdown or not score. Then the other team gets the ball, and on we go. But uh, I think it was the third or fourth overtime, then they start with this just two-point conversion, and they just kept going back and forth. And, you know, obviously that rule was implemented, AP, to prevent – ridiculously long games and also to, uh, right. you know, add some finality to it. And this broke the mold and that, you know, they were not, there were six or seven sequences of, uh, you know, going for the two point conversion and the majority were stopped by the defense. Um, so yeah, yeah. just fascinating stuff, uh, to say the least. Um, so Penn state, uh, for now, uh, you know, they, they weren't even rated, ranked, I should say, in the top 16 uh, by the football writers poll that we were talking about earlier. But, uh, you know, they're out and uh, two losses now, two losses in a row, actually. Iowa by week, lost right. Illinois. And uh, so that's, you know, but interestingly enough, given the Big Ten strong year AP, they still have Ohio State this Saturday. And also Michigan and Michigan State, all teams in the, yeah, all in the top ten. In fact, Ohio State five, Michigan six, Michigan State seven. Those three lie ahead for Penn State. So it'll be interesting to watch, AP. You know, the pressure's off, so to speak. They should be able to kind of play free and easy. You know, they're not going to the college football playoff. That's over. So, yeah. uh, So should be interesting. Say the least. Yeah, John. Uh, the thing that I'm, the, the thing that I'm, I'm thinking about with this remaining schedule, and already has two losses. Right. And uh, their coach, their coach is always in the conversation with sure openings is. at high-profile schools. 
Absolutely. If he was to end up seven and seven and five with the drums beat for him to, there, you know, such dissatisfaction that he might take off. I mean, and, and go to LSU or USC, even though he's a Pennsylvania native, by the way, as I understand. Oh, he sure is. AP, born and bred, and played uh, played his football there too. Uh, yeah, you can't help but wonder. I, I was at my usual Penn State viewing party on Saturday, and. AP, there was a lot of, uh, yeah, uh, the fans did not seem happy with James Franklin, uh, the way the game was unfolding. So what you say is totally legitimate, totally on the table. You know, um, the general sentiment seems to be, you know, great recruiter, and no doubt about it. He, of course, came to Penn State after, a, you know, sort of resurrecting the Vanderbilt program, which you would know about better than most Southeast yes. Conference. Yes. And then uh, they just haven't seemed to be able to, they just haven't gotten over the hump. 2016 was as close as they got, went to the Rose Bowl after the famous blocked kick to beat Ohio State. Um, but, you know, that's where we're at, AP. Uh, just, haven't gotten over the hump, and now it's pretty evident they're not going to this year. The hump being making the college football playoff, obviously. Um, right. And, and, so, and, John, those three games, I mean, they, those are definitely three, possibly three losses, definitely. I mean, he, exactly. He, if he's two and one, that's, that, if he's two and one, that's going to be pretty successful with this edition of Penn State. Well, no doubt about it. Let's keep in mind Ohio State had the early loss. They're number five. To Oregon, we all remember that. Michigan and Michigan State are both undefeated. So if you're Penn State, and right. you have the two losses, including uh, a, a shocking loss to Illinois at home, no other word for it, then I would say, all things considered, AP, you have some pretty good incentive to try to beat any or all of these teams that are laying out here over the next month and a half, period. That's it. And you know, the opportunity to beat Ohio State speaks for itself, but to beat an un, to potentially beat an undefeated Michigan or Michigan State. Although I think Michigan and Michigan State, may, everybody's playing each other. So uh, these teams may not be undefeated by the yes. time Penn State plays them, but right. they sure are. Correct, correct, right. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, big game this weekend, Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan at Michigan State in East Lansing, yes. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that big game. Big game, I, and yeah, so somebody's going to be uh, not undefeated, no doubt about it. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch AP. Uh, Big Ten, they're having a good year. They really are, you know, four, well, three teams. Those three teams that we just mentioned. Iowa had their moment, but they got upset by Purdue. Penn State had theirs, but they lost to Iowa, <laughs> you know. The, uh, the carousel continues. And it, and it will be continuing oh, yeah. here. But, but Penn State, or, you know, Big Ten's having a good year. No doubt about it. Yes. You yes, know, absolutely they are. They sure are. No doubt about it. Way P, we've uh, come to the end of our second segment together. Uh, why don't we take a break here, our final break, and still have a lot to get to on the other side.
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Foxworth Theory is what you need now. Hosted by Eugenia Foxworth. Each show brings a unique guest from many walks of life. From authors and entertainers to artists, fashion, music, and business, you never know what your takeaway will be, but you'll definitely learn something new. It's a whole new type of talk show. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Harlem America Digital Network and the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the World Series, which opens tomorrow, Atlanta Braves versus Houston Astros, uh, both coming off big LCS victories and uh, the Fall Classic will get underway tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And just as a quick backup, uh, Thursday night, uh, fabulous matchup in the NFL, which is the 
Green Bay Packers at the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. And this may be the best Thursday night matchup I can ever remember. Um, it's just uh, seismic. Uh, we'll be able to measure both teams after as a result of this game. Uh, and it's being played down in Arizona in the desert. So that's uh, also must-see TV. And AP, sticking with the NFL, Mac Jones had a fabulous game, as best as a pro, and uh, I think a lot of people would s- had their best game as a pro yesterday as the Patriots just literally trounced the Jets 54-13 to in Foxborough, and Mac looked fabulous, as did the whole team. Damian Harris included another Alabama grad. Yeah, John, those two players uh, were sensational, as you said. And Mac Jones, I think he continues to impress the New England team and the and the followers of of the Patriots. And Damian Harris, he's been steady and uh, very good, um, you know, running the football. So yes. I'm happy for Mac Jones, of course, because I just. I just, you know, like I tell you, he's the best I've seen in 50 years at Alabama for one season. And for him to be part of this Patriots organization, I think, I don't know, I don't know if I've seen a, a player be drafted by a more perfect team for his skills. Right. I agree. I, I agree. It's just a perfect fit. Everybody up here loves him, you, you know, um, and he's, I think, had a really solid season you know, and based on his history, you can relate to this AP. Uh, I feel like the light bulb is about to, if it didn't go off, yes, go on yesterday. It's about to. Um, and now he, again, he's played really well, but he also, you know, makes you wonder if like when the light bulb really goes on with him, we all know he's a quick study, quick learner. He's proven that already. Um, but he is a rookie and he only has whatever seven NFL games under his belt. But if ever there was a guy who like, looks like he might go next level sooner rather than later, it's Mac Jones and watch out if that happens this year, I'll tell you. And I, and I think it might, the Patriots could be right back into, uh, in the mix at three and four. They're not really out of the mix, uh, for like a wild card or whatever, but they needed yesterday really bad AP. Just a resounding victory. They, did, they finally yeah. got one. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and I think well, with Matt Jones, if in the future they get a receiver, that, let's say maybe is in the top ten in the league, mm-hmm. that will really improve his chances of being a um, MVP type candidate. I really believe that. AP, you make such a good point. Yesterday, as I'm watching the Tampa Bay Bucks, yesterday. Uh, game and uh, Mike Evans, who happens to be on my fantasy team, catching three touchdowns. Uh, you know, huge target uh, for Tom Brady to hit. And we all know J- Mac Jones is very accurate. Um, and yeah, if you bring in someone along, he, he's just the, uh, um, you know, the one that most recently comes to mind since I was watching this last evening. Uh, Mike Evans bringing it up for three touchdowns and uh, 
and a couple times, one time specifically, it was up for grabs. I mean, he caught like a long pass to the three-yard line. Next play, Brady just tosses it up there, back shoulder, and he grabs it. Uh, if Mac right. Jones and a whole lot of other quarterbacks had someone like that, a security blanket type of receiver, shall we say. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. You know, and what, uh, Kyle Pitts yesterday was incredible AP. Some of the catches he was making for the Falcons. So you, you know, he gets a receiver like that, then he could he, he, that that could also take him next level. Right, right. Just somebody that can command a double team. Yep. Or be very athletic and, and win some of those fifty-fifty passes. And maybe has the speed, the size, or, or a combination thereof. That would be uh, that would improve his his ability to play quarterback in the NFL instead of always having to be so precise, so perfect. Right. Well, exactly, which we saw, of course, couple, you know, last week against Dallas. Uh, there was so much to like and so much not to like from that game, um, to say the least. But uh, Mac Jones, of course, had the play of the year, certainly for the Patriots, and I'm guessing, given the context, the whole NFL, when he, uh, threw a pick six, and then on the next play, threw a seventy-five yard touchdown pass. That was the cool. That's probably the best rookie sequence ever, <laughs> right there. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was yeah. That that told you that he's solid and right. mature, and can and manage the ups and downs of playing the position in the NFL. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Uh, well, AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of our show together. We. Really appreciate you calling in and providing us with your expertise, as always, and uh, and great show. Hey, thank you, John. It's my pleasure. All right, and thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.